Welcome to Chat With Us. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Lauren. And we're excited to share conversations and stories from a personal perspective about United Way's commitment to the Valley. Today, we are joined by Shana Young, Assistant Vice President of Leadership Development and Executive Director of the Leadership Institute at Columbus State University. Shana is a certified human behavior consultant and certified executive coach. She is also lead on strategic planning research, development and writing for many Leadership Institute clients to include the City of Columbus's 10-year plan to end homelessness. Shana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Of course. Um, our favorite topic to just start with is tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I am Shana Young, as you said, and I have um, been, I'm a native of Columbus. Um, have lived here my whole life, except for the years that I was in college and graduate school and um, have been back in Columbus and working in some capacity uh, with Columbus State for almost 18 years now, um, which is hard to believe 18 years, it's crazy. Um, I started out in the communication department as an assistant professor teaching public speaking and interpersonal communication and uh, have moved, moved over to the Leadership Institute uh, about a year after it got started uh, as an assistant director and have been with the Leadership Institute in some capacity uh, for the last 15 years. And I have two daughters, um, one who is 15 and one who is 11. And um, they are, if I'm not at work, I'm with my kids. So that's where I spend and do most everything. We're in that phase of life where nobody can drive yet. My oldest will be 16 in February. And so um, right now I feel like if I'm not at work or um, at home making dinner, I'm shuttling people to practices and friends' houses and activities and all those things. So I either live in my car or, <laughs> or I'm at work. <laughs> That's the phase of life I'm in. That sounds great. Uh, oh, I think we can all relate to that when we have kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Shana, did I see you have a fine arts degree? Yes. So I have a, um, a BFA from Valdosta State University, and that is in uh, mass media studies. So oh, okay. my undergraduate degree is actually, um, I thought I was going to be the next Oprah Winfrey or Diane Sawyer. Oh. Or <laughs> when I was in college. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a reporter. And then I actually did it. <laughs> and while really? I loved it in college, it was awesome. When I did it in real life, I was like, this is way harder. <laughs> than, than I remember it being and way hotter trying to carry all of that equipment and set up all by yourself and take down all by yourself. So bless their hearts. Those people work really, really, really hard out in the hot, hot heat or the cold weather trying to bring stories to the news. And um, actually after doing that, that's when I realized that, you know, maybe not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and <laughs> went to graduate school at Auburn University and taught for the first time there. And so that was where I realized, oh, I'm kind of good at this. I really like teaching and, um, and education and working with students and adults. And that's where I got into the teaching and facilitation aspect and then um, really got interested in leadership when I started in graduate, in graduate school studying interpersonal relationships and how people interact with one another and why there are some people in your life that you just click with and you get along with and you understand and why are there some people 
you can have the exact same conversation with and they look at you like you have three heads and they don't understand why you're what you're saying and you can't seem to get on the same page and so that's what really drove me into leadership development i find that fascinating like you said i can say the same thing to two different people and get the, a totally different outcome oh so, yeah yeah that responsibility of being understood <laughs> that's been a journey for me to figure figure that out how to communicate properly to different people in different ways fascinating yeah i mean i'm um personality wise i'm pretty direct and i'm pretty straightforward and just want people to just be honest and even if the honesty hurts a little bit i feel like i, I can take it pretty well you know and right. but that's my one thing is i just just tell me exactly what you want. Just go ahead and say that so that I can deliver on that. Because one of my biggest fears is being wrong or doing something wrong or saying something wrong or not knowing the answer. And that's just part of my personality. And so there are some people who really, really hate directness. <laughs> they think it's mean, you know, they're like, well, you don't have to say it like that. And I was like, like what? I'm just trying to be honest <laughs> with you, you know? So uh, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I can try to, you know, make it softer or more sugary or, or, um, and then there are some people um, who really appreciate that about you, you know, and, and it can be your, it can be the people who live in your house. Like, you know, I have two kids who have two very different personalities and, one of them, you know, I know I can be very direct and straightforward with and just say this, this, get this done, do this. And she's like, yeah, on it. She gets in trouble. She's good. My other one, if I, you know, if she knows she's in trouble or if I have to say something to her about that she's done something wrong, she's devastated for three weeks, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, everybody is a little bit different. So I think the more we work, the more we, um, the older we get life experiences, you start to learn how to adjust your communication style and you start to learn how to sit and observe and read people before you engage in the conversation to try to figure out what's the best way to communicate with this person so that I can be heard and so that you know that I'm sure I, that I'm trying to understand them to the best of my abilities. I, I, laugh. I, <laughs> I laugh because Lauren will definitely agree that is 100% my communication <laughs> style. Let's cut dry, talk it out how it is, and let's move on. And um, it definitely is interesting to learn all the different people you work with and having to adjust that communication style. Absolutely. I like the um, saying from Brene Brown that clear is kind. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> it's still hard for me to be completely just blunt and you know forceful with my feelings so anyway i feel like Lindsay and i are a pretty good team she's got the the edge i've got a little bit of softness and together we, we create, create great messaging i think so There's well that's exactly times. what you need you know yeah. you gotta have a balance you've got to have somebody in your life who you can look at and be like what am i missing here <laughs> what or what am i not seeing that you see and you've got to have that mutual respect for one another so that when they answer that question for you, you don't get upset about it, that you just yeah. take it in and realize that, you know, they're, they're trying to be helpful. And it's, it's important to, to work with people and to surround yourself with people who see the world um, and experience the world differently than you do. 
Yeah, there's plenty of times I'm calling Lauren or sending her things I've written up and I'm like, can you help me sprinkle some sugar on this a little bit? <laughs> like, what do I, how can I say this very nicely? Uh, she's definitely my go-to on that. I do the exact same thing. I'll type out an entire email, everything, you know, how I would like to, to say it. And then I will call a colleague in and be like, I'm going to read this to you and tell me what I need to say. Because I will read something and they'll be like, oh, no, maybe not like that. Maybe try this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Okay, I'll go back. I'll reword it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lauren is very helpful in this situation. <laughs> well, Lindsay, you're very helpful. I'm like, okay, we got to be a little more direct on this. You're, you're, you're sidestepping just a little too much. <laughs> a little too much sugar. Okay, so maybe a little more heavy topic, but um, we were talking about COVID and I think it's an understatement to say that our world is, and our workplace world has just totally flipped on its head multiple yeah. times. It feels a bit like a roller coaster at times, mm -hmm. um, but managing and leading in, that, in this environment has to be a challenge. And I mean, the model of the workplace, like it hasn't changed all that much up until now. So, and then when we never may be fully in person again, we're, we're hybrid, a lot of people are hybrid. What are your thoughts on leading and, and managing in this kind of challenging environment right now? Yeah, it's um, been a crazy couple years. And every time we think we're on the other side of it, we're not. Something else comes up, something new comes around the corner. So we're living in that constant state of change and that constant state of, I think the hardest part of it is the constant state of uncertainty. I think people like to have some sort of certainty in their life. That's what creates trust and that's what allows us to not have as much stress. And it feels like we just can't get out of this constant state of uncertainty. So I know a lot of people are carry that stress with them. Um, there's a quote and I, I can't remember who said it, uh, but it says a leader too far removed from their troops starts to look like the enemy. And that is one of my favorite quotes. And I think in a time of um, leading from a distance and leading virtually, uh, that quote is something that we should all be keeping in mind and at the forefront of what we are doing as leaders. Because it's not, I think when the quote was made, a leader too far removed from their troops starts to look like the enemy. It, it may probably wasn't even said about physical distance, right? I mean, right. it was, you know, it was probably just about being too far removed from the actual day-to-day -day of the work, not, not you know, being so far up in the C-suite that you don't remember what it's like to be a part of the day-to-day. -day. You don't understand what the right. work is that's going on. But now I think it it might literally be about physical distance. You know, <laughs> how, <laughs> how far away are you from your troops? And you know, how often are you checking in? How present are you with them? Um, I think that was what was, I, I think we've learned a lot in the last two years. I think in the beginning when we all went home and everybody started working virtually, we kind of just let each other be, right? You're like, okay, well, everybody go home and we'll check in. And then after like the first couple of weeks, you're like, oh, we should probably be checking in more than we are. Let's, right. let's, let's try to, <laughs> let's have more meetings and and now, you know, I think we've realized that, and I know we do this sometimes, is the Zoom life and it, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be scheduled meetings. Sometimes we just need to get on here and just work. You do your thing and I do my thing, but we can see each other. Oh. So like, 
in a shared office space. So it's I like, like that. I love <laughs> you know, that. I That's you, know, you can idea. be together. You don't have, it doesn't have to be a meeting, but you're together and you're present. Right. And you're, um, you're just in a shared space as you work through things. You can ask questions without having to schedule a meeting. I think we're finally moving into that other phase where, so at first we didn't meet at all and we were very far apart. And then we started meeting all the time about everything. And every minute of our day was scheduled to meet with somebody. That's true. <laughs> you know I mean, like, I think maybe now we're moving into the phase where a, We've learned that people can, uh, those of us that weren't working from home before or had been resistant to the idea of working from home before, um, I think we've realized that, hey, guess what? People are actually pretty good at it. And some people are even better working from home than they were in the office. Um, and, and that now when we Zoom, maybe we don't have to Zoom as a scheduled meeting. Maybe we just hop on and we just stay on with each other as we work or work through something together rather than that chronically scheduled meeting. Um, I think it's just important as leaders, when we are physically distant like this, to, it, it doesn't always need to be about work when we're meeting. For sure. Sometimes, that's, that's you know what I mean? Key. Sometimes we just need to have a 30 minute check-in and let your, you know, the people who report to you or the people that you're working with, just let them talk. We're all going through a lot of stuff. Everybody's going through a lot. And, you know, those 30 minute one-on-ones every other week, you know, don't need to have an agenda. They don't need to be scheduled with work stuff. Maybe as the leader, you just say, you bring what you want to this meeting. I'm not going to set the agenda. You set it. And sometimes you talk about work, but most of the times you end up just talking about life and you've, because we don't have the hallways and the water cooler moments anymore, or, or maybe we're just taking a break from them right now because of this Omicron variant, whatever's happening, those 30 minutes allow for you to have those super important check-ins, you know, and those times for empathy and understanding and, um, and just remembering that we're all human and that we need to give each other some grace as we continue to work through the chaos that is, um, that is the back and forth of this variant um, and this virus at the moment and how we're all dealing with it. So there's a super long answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good in that. <laughs> Lindsay actually implemented the mental health, um, what do we call it? Mental health lunches for our department. So awesome. we get together and we don't talk about work. We just, good. we just chat with each other and it's been so wonderful think that uh, it has been so helpful for our department to have those check-ins regularly, like Shana was saying, that to talk not just about work, but just to connect with each other as a human per- person that we work with has been vital. Yes. I mean, we, you know, we can, we can meet at nauseum about everything and to the detail and that gets so tedious and wears me out. So I appreciate those moments. So we're just laughing about our kids or, you know, something that happened over the weekend. It's so great to connect like that. It's so so important to do that and doing it over lunch. I mean, the number one team building thing that you can do is break bread together, whether that's virtually or in person. So that's what builds trust and bonds teams together. 
So yeah, doing that is is critical to um, employee satisfaction and how you feel about where you work and loyalty and all of those things that are important to keeping people you want to keep around. So I'm interested in how we were talking about earlier, connecting and being understood and in person is hard. Now we have this computer screen in front of us without mm -hmm. the, sometimes those physical cues or um, sometimes our cameras are off or we are having a poker face. Mm -hmm. How do we continue to be well understood? Is it about trust? Or is it about just continually asking, are you hearing me? Do you, do you understand? Or is that on the other person to ask? So that's a great, great question. And I actually think it's on, it's on the listener to, to make sure that they are comprehending what they're processing. Because if I'm the one doing the communicating and then I ask you if you've understood me, you may just say yes. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, sure. Right. And, and what has happened is you've taken everything I've said, you've filtered it through your own life experiences right. and, and, and everything that, you know, in your personality, everything, and, and you've actually misunderstood what I've said, but didn't get the chance to, 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 to ask questions really. So the, the best that it's best if the listener is the one who says, you know, what I heard you say was, and then repeat back so that the person who's speaking has the opportunity to be like, well, no, that's not exactly what I meant. Or let me try to, let me try to say it again in a different way. Um, Cause that is, that way you can ensure clarity um, and, and not get stuck in that cycle. So I, I do a little exercise. Will you entertain me and do it with me? And everybody who's listening can do this too. So close your eyes. All right. Everybody close your eyes. Pretend. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've got my eyes closed. Okay. All right. So I want you to think of a dog, right? Let the image of a dog pop into your mind. Okay. okay. Everybody's got a dog. And I do this exercise a lot. It's super easy to do. Okay. Now open your eyes and say both of you out loud, the breed of the dog you were thinking of. Poodle. Shizu. Okay. <laughs> And I actually wasn't thinking of a dog. I thought of a cat. Oh, <laughs> it just this cat popped into my head. So, on a word as simple as dog, and we all three just there's just three of us here, all thought of something different. So if I think I'm being clear to you, and I'm saying I need you to go over and feed the dog, the dog, the dog, the dog, and you're the whole time thinking in your head poodle, and then you show up to my house and it's a pit bull. It's a different situation, right? All we yes. said was dog, and and now all of a sudden you may have feelings about the type of dog because you had an envision in your head what you were going to be approaching and dealing with, and it turned out to be something totally different. It's the same when we communicate. Every single word, even a word as simple as dog, is is brought into our minds. It gets interpreted based on life experiences and things that we've done, and the room for error and misinterpretation is huge. <laughs> right. If we can all interpret the, the word dog in a different way, then you can imagine how things get misinterpreted or misunderstood in just regular everyday conversation. When me, the, the communicator, thinks I'm being clear, but the person listening has taken that information and interpreted it in a way that I didn't intend or that I didn't foresee. 
So if the listener has the opportunity to say, what I heard you say is this, or you want me to go to your house and feed a dog? What kind of dog? What type of dog? What should I expect when I get there? You know, I think we oftentimes don't ask those clarifying questions out of fear of being portrayed as, you know, dumb or you don't understand or what don't you get about this? I just need you to feed my dog, you know. But I think if you can get those clarifying questions answered, you have the opportunity and, and what we all want to do, which is to do it right the first time and not have to have it redone or do over or be surprised by something that you weren't expecting um, or weren't anticipating in a particular situation. Thank you for making that so simply clear with something as simple as a dog, like you said. I, I think that that's fabulous. I'm going to, I wrote that down. I'm, I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> <laughs> Shana, and obviously, you know, as you're talking about, everybody perceives things differently um, and understands them differently. So in this virtual environment, in this new world, you know, how exactly can we um, empower our leaders and especially those young leaders um, that are already new to their role um, starting out in their, in this chaos <laughs> that yes. we call normal now? I know. I, I think, you know, the first thing you have to do is make sure that you're getting to know them as a person. Building relationships is the key to a successful workplace. It's a key to, as we mentioned early, earlier, loyalty, people staying, um, feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling understood. So um, in this particular environment with new employees or younger employees, as a leader or supervisor, it is gonna be critical that you build relationships with them. Make sure that they're feeling a part of the team, even though you're not physically together. Making sure that you're having those little 30 minute one-on-one -on -one chats to learn who they are and learn about them and find those commonalities and things that you share so that you can continue to lay that foundation of trust. And, and then you've got to let them work. I think that that is something that maybe um, I'm Gen X and so Gen X and those of us, and, and as you get older in your career, I guess it doesn't even really matter what generation you're a part of, but you have got to let people do the job you hired them to do. And for some of us who've been doing jobs for a very long time, that's hard because right. you know your automatic thought is, well, I'll just do it myself, it'll be done faster. And if I have to sit here and show somebody how to do it, then that's gonna take like 30 minutes. and if I just did it, I'd be done in that amount of time. That's probably true. <laughs> right. But nobody's learning anything at that point. You know, there. what happens is you're just paying other people to sit around and watch you do all the work right. because you're having a hard time letting go. Um, and we have to get comfortable with the fact that people, not everybody does things like you do them. Not everybody's going to work the way I do. And that doesn't make them wrong, just different. We all have different work patterns and different ways of doing things. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. And we all organize our days differently. Something that I would do and knock out at 8.30, maybe something you save to do at, at five o'clock before you walk out the door. And new employees are gonna be the same. They need guidance, of course. They, um, you know, you can share with them the the pitfalls and the things that you've learned along the way. And, but what you've got to really do is, is let them work, let them do things their way 
Um, it may not work out, you know, and as long as, you know, you don't lose business or lose a client or um, lose an employee over it, then that's okay. You know, that's how we learn. It's how we all learn. We don't usually learn from the things that go right. We learn from the things that go wrong. And if nothing ever goes wrong and you never give anybody the chance for things to go wrong, how are we supposed to learn? I mean, those are the those are the great stories we end up telling in the end anyways. Oh God, remember that time we did this and it didn't work out? <laughs> right. You know, right. we got to give people the chance and the opportunity to have stories of their own to tell. And this goes for your kids too. You got to let your kids make mistakes. Yes. Yes. I, that's what I, thing. what I heard was that this is about my kids. <laughs> yes. I mean, the hardest thing I think as a parent is hearing your kid argue with somebody else's kid, not your own, because you, know, yes. you get to step in on that stuff. But if they've got friends over or if they're on the phone and you can hear them arguing, you know, there's a pull as a parent, I think, to want to step in and and regulate or manage the situation on their behalf. They're not going to learn anything from that. And, you know, our kids need to learn how to deal with relationships and deal with other people and figure out how they respond in those situations. And so, gosh, resisting the temptation to intervene every single time your kid is upset is one of the hardest parts of parenting, but one of the most important pieces. So tough. It's but so what, I, what I'm hearing is, that this is about trust and being able to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like fail a little bit or stumble a little bit, then you don't learn to, to trust that, yeah. you know, I, my gut said I should have, I should have done something different or my gut says I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. And then not having somebody standing over you saying, do it this way has, has been super valuable in my life. And so, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense that we would do that same thing with, with our young leaders. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can say to yourself, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I've given them all the tools they need. I have prepared them to the best of my abilities and I will be here if they need my advice, if they need my help, if they need to come to me, I'm here, but right. I have given them everything they need to do it on their own. It's the, you know, I hate making comparisons between employees and kids, but that particular comparison rings true. Like you have to prepare your kids to go out into the world and to, to, to make mistakes and you have to be there for them, help them pick them up, but then, you know, let them figure it out on their own and say, you know, I care about you. I'm here for you. I'm going to help you um, when you need it, but this is yours. This is your project. This is your task. This is your thing. And I want to see you, you know, I know you can do it. I believe in you. And being clear about your expectations for people. Um, most of the time, people will rise to or above the expectations that you set for them, um, as long as they know what those are. Most of the time, when people don't meet your expectations, it's because they didn't know what it was. <laughs> so true. Comes back to being understood again, I think. I think so. And I love, you know, you talking about everybody has to kind of fail to learn. Um, I I can remember just early on in my career, there was some small like misunderstanding about, um, I think it was like note taking mm -hmm. um, and 
Jackie Lowe was on the call. Um, she was the most amazing woman. I miss her so much. Um, and I remember I just had to own it. And when I owned it to her, she's like, all right, cool. Now we move on. This is what you learn in life. You face these things. It was a mess up. It happens. You own it and you move on. And now we're good. And we won't have this misunderstanding. And that was such a cool, powerful leadership moment um, in learning things from her. Yeah, I, I think that that is so true. The owning up to it part is so important. And that's where I think in leadership coming, you know, nobody wants the phrase is nobody wants a boss, but everybody can, everybody wants a coach. Oh, and so, like you that. know, if you can, if you can approach your leadership from that coach aspect, when you reflect on your life and you think about those moments um, in your life where you had hard lessons, it usually came from that um, that coach for this from the sport that you played, who gave you the tough love, who pushed you, who saw more in you, who really believed you could do more, or from that tough teacher that when you got your schedule and you're like, oh God, no, please, I don't want to be in this person's class. This is going to be so hard. She's so mean, or he's so mean. And then you get in there and you realize that it's not mean. It's that they believe you can do more than you think you can. And all of a sudden something happens in that class where you achieve more or you do more than you thought you could do. Those are the type of leaders we should try to be. You know, you want to, you want to love your team. You want them to know that you care about them, that you support them, that you're there for them. And at the same time, you've got to give them the room and the freedom to learn and grow and do more than maybe they even realize they're capable of. And and that's that takes support. That takes opportunity to fail. That takes um, holding people accountable and letting them know when they've screwed up and and say, hey, you know, we really don't need that to happen again. But then being OK with it and moving on with it and not constantly bringing it up 20 times after it's already been resolved. You know, right. those types of things are so uh, it's how all of us learn. It's how we still learn. You know, I don't care how old you are. That's, those are still the primary components of, of just learning to be your best self at work. This has been such a great topic. I love talking about being cheerleaders, advocates, and coaches for people. There is nothing more rewarding than having shared something with, with a colleague and then seeing them shine through that project or event or whatever. I, I feel such love and, and excitement for them and to have shared some part of that journey with them makes me, it fulfills me. I love that. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. We focus a lot on equity and how that's sustainable in the community as well as the workforce. Mm -hmm. What role do you think leaders play in that? And what responsibility do you think they have in the well-being of the community as well as the workforce? So I think, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, obviously is, is at the top of mind for, for most leaders today. And I think, and if it isn't, it should be, but I certainly would think that it is at this point in our careers. And the only way that we can ensure that we don't have gaps and blind spots is to surround ourselves with people who are different from us, who see the world through the eyes, see the world through different eyes. And if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who look like you, who grew up where you grew up, 
who live in the same neighborhoods you live in now, whose kids go to the same schools, who have the same experiences, you're missing something. You, your business is missing something. Your community is missing something. You are missing something. And that goes for diversity of thought as well. You cannot be surrounded by yes people. You cannot be surrounded by people who are just going to look at you and be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And as soon as you leave the room, go, that's terrible. Somebody should tell her. Well, yeah, you should tell her. (laughs) You've got to have people around you. And I think, you know, in celebrities, that's probably, you know, the one thing that they will say every single time is the points in their careers and their lives where things got screwed up and things went wrong is when they were surrounded by people who who told them they were the greatest and everything was great and yes 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 everything they said um and that's when they had major pitfalls in their careers when they had made major mistakes and did things in a public way that for some of them destroyed their careers or at least destroyed them for a period of time and i think you know fortune 500 ceos anybody who's had a major pitfall or a major major stumble in their career is when they were surrounded by a bunch of people who were afraid to tell them the truth, who were afraid to um, to say, hey, maybe that's not the best idea. And so in order to be successful and be a good leader, you've got to be surrounded by people who aren't scared to say, I, I don't know, Lauren, that's, I don't know. Like, let me tell you how I see that, you know, or from my perspective, this looks like this, and here's what you may be missing. I mean, those are questions we should be asking ourselves every single day. What am I missing? What am I not oh, seeing? What sure. what do I not understand? Because I guarantee you it's something. And having people around you who have those different life experiences, just like we were talking about the word as simple as dog, when you're having those communicate, you know, communication and you're you're fixing to roll out a big plan and this is how you want to roll it out. And every, you know, if everybody in the room is looking around going, yeah, that's great. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Nothing should change. you got a problem. Totally. There's something you are missing. So even if it's, you know, diversity and, and socioeconomic status and race and gender and, and, and diversity and thought, you have got to be surrounded by people who aren't afraid to question you. Um, and you've got to be the type of person who isn't afraid to be questioned and who encourages it and who wants it and who sees that when you're not getting it, you're probably not surrounding yourself with the right people. I love that. Um, our team, I would say, is definitely like that. A lot of us talk through stuff and we may not Agreed. always agree on things, um, but we all try to you know, we're a small team of three ladies in our Marcom department. So um, it's always really nice that always everyone has input on the situation and we take the time to talk through it um, and try to look at it from different angles. Cause you're right. We all see things so differently mm-hmm. um, and it makes coming to work and doing the work that you do um, so worthwhile. Absolutely. Do you think it has to do a lot with, like you were saying, um, being open to those those thoughts those other mm-hmm. people's perspectives that you are never at a point where you're not st- you're not you haven't stopped learning and being open to change mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the linchpin is yeah. you can surround yourself with people 
that are amazing and different and unique. And, but if you're not open to their perspectives and their thoughts, I feel like that's the, that's the, that's the key for me. I have to be, I have to put down my pride and my ego and say, I could have, I could, I can learn from this person, no matter what their status is, their level of employment, their whatever. I can learn something from that person. I could disagree with them, but I could definitely learn and hear them. Absolutely. And I think that that you, you have to create an environment where people are not afraid to be honest. So there's got to be a certain level of trust there. So I, as the leader, have to trust that the advice and the suggestions and the things that my employees are throwing out to me are not to sabotage this project or to sabotage me as a person. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, I have to trust. Um, and then the people around me have to trust that if they throw out ideas, if they throw out questions, if they tell me, hey, maybe I don't agree with that, that their job isn't in jeopardy or I'm not going to take them off a project or reassign them somewhere else because. I don't like that they disagreed with me. So the the foundation of all of it is trust. And and again, like we've talked about, you can't start building trust until you without building the relationships. And so it all starts with getting to know each other on a level that is deeper than just work. And I will tell you, I, there is a phrase and it drives me nuts. And there are a lot of people who disagree with it. And honestly, I don't care because I know this is wrong. <laughs> so People will say all the time, I don't have to be friends with people I work with. Mm, yeah. And I, I vehemently disagree with that. You don't have to hang out outside of work. You don't have to be, you don't have to run in the same social circles. You don't have to spend weekends together, but you do have to be friends to, on a certain level. You have got to be, you know, you got to be good neighbors, if nothing else. You know, okay. nobody else wants, you know, you always, and when I say a good neighbor rather than family, because family, we we let our family see the worst of ourselves. So I don't, I don't necessarily know that you want to be family, but at the very least, you want to be a really good neighbor because, you know, when you drive home and, and you pull in your driveway, you know, and you work very hard at keeping up your front lawn and making sure your house looks nice and keeping an, keeping an eye out on the neighborhood, you want your neighbors to do the same. And so, if, if nothing else, being good neighbors um, with the people that you work with, where you would stand and talk at the fence, you know, you stand and talk at the water cooler or have lunch together. But, you know, there, there used to be, I think we're moving away from it, this whole mentality of, um, I don't need to share anything personal about myself and I just need to come to work and do my job and then go home. I think that, I think that's a mistake. I think we spend so much time together we spend more time with the people we work with than we do our own families. Isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, there has got to be, there's got to be a friendship there. What kind of life do you have if you don't actually care about the people you work with? If you don't have some sort of bond or relationship with them, you leave a very empty life if that's the case. And you're missing out on wonderful opportunities, not only to get to know people that you spend so much time with, but to also have conversations about work and business and ideas that otherwise wouldn't occur if you weren't there and a part of the the conversation. So that means sometimes the best conversations happen during lunch. Sometimes the best ideas about what we need to do next happen in the hallway. 
sometimes the best ideas about how we need to handle a problem or work on a project happen at the water cooler. They don't happen in a meeting we planned. And if you are never around because you're just there to work, you're going to miss out on every single opportunity there is to be a part of the change, to be a part of the project, to be a part of those opportunities. And I'll tell you, those conversations used to only happen on the golf course where women weren't there. Uh, yes. But now that's changing. And, you know, those conversations are happening everywhere and in different places, but they're not happening in scheduled meetings. They're <laughs> okay. happening in the hallways. They're happening at lunch. They're happening, you know, at a, with a, at a drink after work. They're happening at the in-between times at a conference. Um, you know, they're happening when you schedule your Zooms to just be on Zoom and work together and not necessarily have a meeting about it. That's where the conversations are taking place. And if you aren't there to be a part of those, you're not going to be there to be a part of the change and to be a part of the conversation. I think that is just amazing to you're, what you're asking me, I think, is to be more vulnerable with the people <laughs> around me, which isn't always easy, but yeah. it for sure sounds like it is a requirement for, for a good working environment. Yeah. I mean, it's, and again, it goes back to trust. You know, the person has to feel, totally. you yeah. know, comfortable enough to allow themselves to be vulnerable and to allow you into that piece of their life. And you don't have to invite them into everything in your personal life, you know, right. <laughs> you don't have to open the door all the way, but people need to know you. They need to know what interests you and they need to know about you as a person. And I mean, Lindsay's been a part of one of my sessions before, almost always when I start a session with a group of people, if it's been a while or we have a lot of new people, I start with three questions. So where did you grow up? Where are you in your sibling lineup? So are you firstborn, secondborn, third? How many I kids? Guess. I love that and, question. Um, and then the third question is, what is something that you've overcome as a child that you feel like had a big influence on you now as an adult? Oh, wow. Great and questions. Those three questions are the foundation of trust. If you can answer those three questions as a team and start to build trust because I guarantee you once you go around the room and Lindsay's seen it happen there's a lot of commonalities of stuff we've overcome as kids that have shaped us into who we are today and if you didn't feel like you could bond with somebody before after you answer those three questions maybe maybe you were raised in the same part of the country maybe you were both middle children maybe you both had to overcome something specific in your life it is a found it allows for you to allow to, to build a foundation. It's the build, beginning building blocks. It's the starting point for you to say, we've all overcome something to get where we are. And I, I just had no idea it was the same thing as Bob down the hall. And now I feel like where I didn't have a connection to him, maybe I do now. Um, and it will allow for you to build those relationships. And you can be the hardest worker in the building, but you'll never get promoted and you'll never move to the next phase of your career if you don't have good relationships with the people you work with. Totally agree. I, I love that. Relationship building is such a key thing um, and it's something I've strived for throughout my career. Um, it's relationship focused. People work with people they trust. Um, they're going to let you have more freedom to do what you need to do if they trust you. So yeah. I really, really like that. Yeah. 
And it's not easy. I'm not going to lie and say it is easy for some people, you know, building relationships comes easier for them. It's more innate in their personality. Um, and then for some of us who are more maybe reserved and, um, and more task focused, it's hard, but, and it takes effort, but it is worth it. And it is, it is worth it for you. It is worth it for your career. It is worth it for your sanity at work to put the effort in to do it. Well, with that, we're just going to close it out and say thank you so much, Shana, for taking the time to chat with us. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Um, had a great time, and I hope it was helpful and useful to everybody listening. Join us for our next episode because we're going to be talking about Black History Month with Sharika Day. She's a community advocate, art enthusiast, and youth mentor, and you don't want to miss it. To catch a previous episode, or for more information about United Way, visit unitedwayofthecv.org. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here to chat with us.